hello again, all you rootin', tootin', nightmare havers. Uh, this is Erico Blueberry. It's an unassuming Destiny podcast. Uh, my name is Chili Ben. It's me, the waking nightmare, Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> A waking nightmare by any other name smells as... Pundant. Scary. I I didn't know where I was going with that. There's about three different like quotes competing for what came out of my mouth, and then I just kind of lost the train of thought. Um, because I live in a bush bushfire yeah. prone area. Yeah. Um, and you're, but you're like often me being... in vans when fires occur. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> RVs all the time. <laughs> Um, yeah, but being six, I had no fucking clue what was happening. Um, didn't really understand what was going on. Um, and spiraled. Uh, I might have had my first existential crisis at six. Oh, no. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like corner of the van panic attack. Jesus. <laughs> like, mine was a fun game. I considered death at six years old. I developed on Wii at the age of six. <laughs> <laughs> I was prepared to meet God. <laughs> or call him dad. I'm not sure. <laughs> Six-year-old me in the corner like. <laughs> Just chain <Shut> smoking. <laughs> Just trying to grasp the nature of reality. I'm ready to meet my maker. Satan. Yeah. Yes. Uh, anyway, this is supposed <laughs> to be an, ep- uh, an episode, a podcast about Destiny, uh, the video game. Same. Uh, which... An excuse, cult of personality, <laughs> let's fucking lean in. Yes, uh, we missed it last week because, I, what was it, you got held back at work after hours. I then had a very busy weekend because I had one of my best friend's weddings uh, and a bunch of stuff to kind of get ready for that. There's that green flash in your video happening again. We're just going to leave it. We're it gonna... didn't happen on my screen. Okay, well, it it's on, only happening on yours. on my end. Windows took an update today. I'm blaming that. Um, so sorry, that might happen at random points throughout the video. Um, but anyway, we've got a couple of weeks to kind of catch up on. Um, again, light spoiler warnings, you know, we'll talk about some post story stuff if you haven't got to that yet. Um, and you care about seeing it fresh and there's some cool moments in there that I would suggest you do, uh, especially if you're into a bit of the old lore. Um, you know, now's your spoiler warning. Um, there'll be a bit of that. I'm not going to bother with timestamps. I didn't last time either of like cut to this point and it's fine. Cause also I, I remember last, last episode I said the spoiler warning thing. And then immediately after that, we talked about a non-spoiler thing before getting to the spoiler thing. Um, it was never spoiler free. If, if we weren't talking about spoilers, we were talking about something fucking cursed. So it was no safe. It wasn't safe at any point. Yeah. Uh, keep yourself <laughs> safe when consuming Erico Blueberry. That's all I can say. Um, but anyway, let's see. Um, right after finishing the story, we get presented with a couple of quests, one being unfinished business, um, which is basically like, setting up for Rohan's memorial and going through a bunch of stuff. Um, and the other one was the, like, restoring the Hall of Heroes quest line, which are related but separate. Um, I think the Unfinished Business one was the first one I finished because it was relatively quick and it's how you get that rhythmic void machine gun uh, deterministic chaos. So I was like, I'm going to get to that first. Um 
because also like the the one about restoring the hall of heroes i had a bunch of like go here and kill like a hundred vex or whatever it was like one of those it had like four of those sort of steps um which yeah the other one was not quite as involved but um i don't remember much about the quest line other than the last part of it and then that final cutscene um but it was pretty fucking neat like we we do the we do the memorial um nimbus kind of runs out and then there's like that's where the unfinished business quest line comes from she's like i gotta go do some other stuff um but we end up going into the black garden and basically running garden of salvation backwards you know yeah we, we load in at it's basically the point right before you jump down into the final boss arena we load in there and have to like work our way back to the starting point of the raid they've thankfully added a couple of extra like pieces for us to platform onto and jump up um because it used to be you used to be able to only get up there when with like a not a thunder crash but like really weird mobility tricks um, which we had to do a few times for doing divinity puzzles after checkpoints and things like that. Um, but yeah, so we, we run through there, um, we get the gun and then that, I think we get the gun like in the black garden, right? Yeah. And then you, you just up like the top where it's the, down. up the top where it's like the sprawling field of like the pink mm. and purple flowers, the really pretty bit. That's it. You run into Nimbus and it's sitting on the ground and he's like, this is cloud strider tech, but. Like, Rohan didn't really use guns, so I don't understand. And he just, like, gives it to us. You can have this. Yeah. I don't use it. It's a big fucking gun. It is a big fucking gun. It's, like, xenophage levels of reload speed. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty fucking sick. Like, what is it? Every fourth bullet gives... It weakens targets. I think and so, then every, yeah. And every 16th... Uh, is a volatile shot um and it's got 48 rounds in the mags in, in the magazine mag mag singular um so if you do the math you get uh what is it it's like weaken every four so weaken 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 volatile and that loop happens three times before you need to reload but it only happens holding the trigger down um so if you're doing for example boss damage in a raid which we'll get to later um it's pretty fucking handy uh, and it, it also just has, like, a really nice sound to it. I just went to look it up to confirm what the intrinsic perk was, and all I typed in was deterministic chaos, and now I'm having a crisis. Oh, no, don't look at that. <laughs> <laughs> chaos theory. Yeah. Void damage. Heavy metal while holding down the trigger every fourth bullet becomes a heavy projectile that weakens targets yep. on impact. Vex, vexadecimal. Mm -hmm. While holding down the trigger, every fourth heavy metal projectile also makes targets volatile on impact. Yeah. yeah. Poly polygonal rifling. That's all. Oh no, yeah. That's the rest just, of it's all just and standard, ricochet, standard. ricochet and composite stock. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty dope. Um, I, I mean, I love a heavy machine gun. You and I are both big Xenophage fans, uh, and this one. This one I think is up there for me. It's for me. It feels like a void xenophage because like it does decent damage, but also bit, yeah. those Just like quicker. weakening and volatile mean that you do more damage with the damage you're already doing. If that makes sense, 
and also it, it, yeah. it can help your allies do more damage uh, again in like a raid scenario or a, a nightfall or something like that. Um, Interesting. So yeah, we, we get that gun and then we kind of like run out the rest of the uh, the raid environment back to the starting location, except there's a whole bunch of extra Vex milk and like bullshit around and there's like a giant Hydra classic like big Vex stuff. Um, and I think I think this is the quest line where they start introducing the idea that the way that we're going to understand the veil is by exploring some shit the Vex were up to, which is the fact that they were basically like trying to make a copy of it and that that is somewhere inside the Vex network. I think it was this questline where they start talking about that because we start doing a whole bunch of weird Vex shit and they talk about the Black Garden as like the closest kind of uh, analog to the Traveler or something like that. It's a bit fuzzy for me because there's a lot of proper nouns being thrown around, but... Um, I love the words. Yeah, a lot of big words. Um, very cool gun. I just want to loop back on that for a second mm. because I didn't realize what the perks were called. Mm. I was like, that's funny, heavy metal. Yeah, you know what vexadecimal is a pun on, right? Hexadecimal. Yeah, which is a base, metal, a base 16 number system. Yeah, but also traditionally heavy metal is played in 4-4. Yep. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I thought that was really. I was like, "Oh, heavy metal. That's fun. Yeah. Heavy heavy metal is typically play, played in a four four. Yep. And then I was like, "Vexadecimal is that hexadecimal?" Yes, and then I is. just triple checked, and I was like, "Huh, that's fun and neat and cool. Good job, Bungle." Yeah. It's, it's also not the only uh, pun based weapon name uh, in the past two weeks, and we'll get to that later with the exotic mission that uh, came out as well. Um, but the last part of that quest line, um, unfinished business is we get the gun, we finish the thing, we go back to talk to Nimbus. Um, and then there's this like incredibly sweet cutscene at the end of this thing where it's kind of like, it's Osiris talking about Sagira and relating that to the relationship of Nimbus to Rohan. Um, basically just Osiris saying like Sagira saved me was like this guiding light this guiding force for him and just like it's the first time we've really heard him talk about Sagira since Sagira was killed and blown up whatever I don't know what is the right verb here but then it's just like the slow panning shot across the hall of heroes until I believe it's actually behind Rohan's it is yeah uh, uh statue thing in in the hall is like this this, this little pedestal with Sigira's broken shell on it and that's and it just fades to black and there was always this moment in the back of my head because we went and found Sigira's shell during the witch queen campaign right it was like deep inside the throne world somewhere and there was always that thing in the back of my mind of like are they going to try and resurrect Sigira in some way or bring Sigira back and this is very much them going, no, Osiris is just a guy with one life now, um, which makes... He's accepted it. Yeah, but it makes some of his decisions and actions throughout the Lightfall campaign that, mu that much more interesting because um, he's just like, I don't give a fuck. But also maybe why he is like getting involved with the Cloud Strider so much because they're in the same situation. So it's like this, like I don't know, 30-second cutscene of Osiris just kind of talking 
in this way and then it that's 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 it and you just have to sit there and be a little bit sad it definitely gave me a lump in my throat yeah not quite tears because i think it was that little bit too short mm. but like i definitely got that like about to cry mm-hmm. like lump in the back of the throat mm-hmm. i was like oh jesus i think that's also a bit of a message from Bung- bungo bungee to be like hey community can we drop that now <laughs> like a bit of them being like yep um yeah. we can drop that now yeah um so yeah unfinished business we finished it i guess um or now i think yeah more stuff might come up yes um yeah then what was the other one the the restoring the hall of heroes which is where we meet the archivist in in the hall of heroes um they're fun they are i I like their energy they're kind of like a, a librarian who is like kind of a little bit done with shit, but also really loves their job. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, some, some of those, like you go through and you restore what the, the four of them, there's like five total. You restore the two on the ends and then the one in the middle is kind of like the last one. And that's where you get, it's another weapon. Which weapon is it? I haven't done it yet. Okay. I was underleveled. Okay. And I was trying to solo it underleveled. Th- oh, it's, it's the one where you get the heavy stasis glaive. Oh, it's okay. It's that yep. quest line, um, which that thing is goofy. Um, I, I don't know if I will ever use a, a heavy glaive, um, but I, I tried it out when I first got it, and the big, like, ball of, of like, ice that it shoots out is very fun. Like, it just kind of slowly drifts and just freezes everything that it goes past. It's... Uh, pretty funny um but yeah it's, it's a it's a good like good little quest line like each of the memorials is, is kind of different in what it gets you to do and the story's a little bit different they kind of lead into each other of like oh they're t- the this like voice line is kind of talking about the next person that you go and uh restore um it's 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 pretty good um the the main thing that kind of stuck out to me um spoilers for you i guess uh is that there's a little, uh, uh, you know, like when when quests finish, you either get voice line or you get just like a wall of text, um, or sometimes you get both. But the archivist has like this big dump of text, and in it uh, is this thing that says, "Urgent. Saturn Six contains vital information. Enemy of witness on Titan. Uh, if still living, preservation paramount. Do not waste time." Uh, so I think we might be returning to Titan soon. Um, the fact that enemy of witness on titan uh i think we're gonna fucking need that whatever it is um is that am i thinking I don't know the what wrong it would be. planet T- titan um, was the one where like we're on these like oil rigs and there's like giant waves underneath it yeah but there's a piece of law and some of the exotic mission stuff tied into it this this week mm-hmm. Was Ashamir on Titan? No, Io. Io, okay. But yeah, there was there was a mention of Titan somewhere else, I think, in the last week, and I can't remember where. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is where my brain starts like doing speculative loops and thinking. Well, we know the next season is called Season of the Deep. Titan has giant waves. Maybe they are being literal and saying we're going to go under the water on Titan. Maybe there's something under there. Who knows? 
But isn't also the the deep is also the deep is the reference uh, is like what what we call the darkness when we talk about a voice from the deep, and that's more related to the story of the hive. The fucking sap. It could be. Are we about to like you know how they dumped Megatron's body in the ocean and then he came back in the next Transformers movie? Well, this is the thing, right? At the end of the Witch Queen campaign, we kept the body. And yeah, and then Ikora was the, like, "I'm gonna take care ghost, of this. Don't worry." Savathun's ghost still is out there, right? Imaru, Umaru. Daddy Imaru. Um, I keep calling him Umamu. So, like, yeah, there there is, I guess, still a chance that Savathun comes back. We fucking Osama bin Laden, Savathun's <laughs> body. <laughs> We're keeping this just just as insurance. Um, but yeah, and and it's kind of like this mention of Titan and like all these little details getting sprinkled in kind of ties back to the twab that came out at the end of week one, um, which I think goes. I just realized. Yes. Um, nine fucking nine. Yeah. You know, the nine. Yes. They talk about Leviathans on Titan or. Europa. Yeah. Deep. Darkness. Leviathans. Maybe. Yeah. I was like, I knew there's an important piece of obscure lore uh-huh. about Titan, and then I got it confused with Ash and Mia, and then I was like closing out of tabs, and I saw the symbol of the nine that was unrelated, yeah. and I was like, I had like a... <laughs> yeah. Um, Brain blast. But yeah, like I was saying, the, the twab that came out at the end of the first week we had with Lightfall um, was under this heading the story has just begun which I think to me goes some way to explaining what I felt they were doing with the story in Lightfall's campaign which is it's essentially the second part of a trilogy right they're setting up a lot of questions and not really answering a lot of them if you look at just the Lightfall story the campaign itself if you try to take that as a contained thing you will come out of it with a lot of questions because what we're seeing is that they are dropping details and quests that are coming out after that, that are coming out a week, maybe two weeks after, or like the seasonal story. And to me, it feels like them doubling down on their strength and seasonal storytelling that we've seen develop over the last couple of years. Like, don't get me wrong. They definitely could have put a little bit more explanation in the Lightfall campaign itself, especially for new players. Um, but for those of us that, you know, have been with the game for a while now, like this is just, it's a different, it's, it's different, right? Like it's not the way we've seen them do campaigns before, especially with the way Witch Queen was like so well self-contained and just generally excellent. Um, this is the weird middle part of a trilogy where you come out of it feeling a bit odd, right? Like if you think about... Star Wars, the end of the second movie, you get the Darth Vader reveal and then you just have to wait for the next movie to come out. Like that sucks. But that's yeah. That's what it is. when you when you know that the next one is like the end of the storyline, you can do stuff like that, right? It's it's definitely setting up the cards so that next expansion we can see which one's full. Yeah. It's like just because they're setting something up doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna end. 
yeah. next expansion. It could end next season. It could end this season, but they're definitely setting pins up. Yeah. Like, but yeah, that they like went as far as saying. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm just reading it now. Um, yeah, as the events of Season of Defiance get into full swing, uh, know that it's just the beginning of the next year of storytelling that will connect the events of Lightfall and the final shape. Uh, they're talking about um, learning more about the Witness's origins, its, its objective, uh, and the ways we can thwart it and its disciples throughout Season of the Deep as well as Seasons 22 and 23 this year. So they're putting the sign up that says, hey, settle down about the story there is more coming every week and yes it's different and new and you know an evolution of their process in the last two years but you gotta give it time before you come out swinging at them a little bit i think um yeah i think they did i mean they didn't really like set that expectation ahead of time to be perfectly fair um but I, but like, that was kind of my natural assumption based on the way seasonal stuff has gone the last couple of years of like, oh, yeah, I'm sure we're going to get the rest of the pieces that weren't in the campaign story. Yeah, and that's yeah, it's it's that fine balance, isn't it? Of fire everything off too quickly. Next yeah. few seasons are. And then everyone complains that there's nothing to do in the seasons and nothing's happening yeah. like we've had with past seasons mm. um, or past expansions, like very old expansions at this point. Or trickle it out and then people are complaining it's not happening fast enough. And, and the thing is, if you stop looking at Twitter and Reddit, it doesn't seem so bad. It's yeah. from my uh, observation the people that are the loudest about this are the people that play the game the most and are burning through all of the content available to them on like day one or two of a week or a season. And it's like, you're doing this to yourself at a, yeah. at a certain point. Like just take some time, enjoy what's given to you and maybe do, do something else with your time. Like we always say, um, yeah. don't get me wrong. I played a lot of the game in the last, well, since, since Lightfall came out, uh, and I will continue to do so because there's plenty to do, but I'm not like, I'm not destroying my enjoyment of the game about it. You know, like I've been bashing my head against lost sectors trying to get to guardian rank seven. And at a certain point I'm like, no, nah, this, this rotation of the lost sectors right now doesn't, I'm, I'm not at the right power level and the combination of things I need to use is not my play style. So I'm just going to wait until it's easier. Like, I don't want to just sit there for two hours and grind the same Lost Sector to try and get there as fast as possible. That just doesn't sound fun to me. Like, old me might have done that. But at the moment, I'm like, I know I'll get there. You know, like, it'll be that, fine. That was me with the Glaive exotic mission yeah. where I was trying to solo it and I was just beating my head against a wall. Um, and then unfortunately, I got to almost the end and I got weaseled. Yes. And I was like... I'm going to turn the game off yeah. now. Just because I was like, I don't want to get shit. Like, that's out of everyone's control. Yeah. It's not an error that was caused by anyone. It just happens. Yeah. Um, And I was like, you know what? I'm grumpy. I'm not having a great time. I'm going to watch a movie. Yeah. That's it. Maybe. What's new on Amazon Prime? <laughs> hey, if you're me, uh, the Diablo 4 beta is 
this weekend if you've like actually pre-ordered it or there's an open beta next weekend i'm gonna be doing that a whole bunch um i had a wedding to go to you know like do other things (laughs) don't play destiny no like do but you know also don't sometimes yeah it's one of those things uh yeah there's People being weird. Can't win them all. People being weird on the internet about a video game. Settle down. Video. We have this conversation every like month. I feel episode or two. Honestly, it's a fucking video game. Calm the fuck down. It's it's a dumb space magic shooty video game. What was that? The old Tyler the Creator tweet, where he's like, "How y'all getting cyberbullied? Just log off." (laughs) But Destiny, just log off. Stop opening yourself up to this. Just go away you don't have to have a take you don't have to do this to yourself you're choosing yes just log off yeah uh all right let's turn it back around um some funny stuff out of twitter that you shared what uh, i fucking i've lost the notes there it is I like Lightfall because initially it gives the impression the witness doesn't care for its disciples. But then you rewatch the opening scene and notice the statue of Nezarek and you're like, oh, okay, he just hates Callus then. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 have, I have yet to kind of formulate an opinion about why Callus was chosen to be a disciple of the witness. Um, Means to an end, maybe. I guess, like... Uh, yeah, I I feel like I need to go read a bunch of lore about like what the Shadow Legion's deal is, like how whether or not like that's what the witness was after more than Callus himself. Maybe that was it. Maybe the witness just need he knew it knew they knew it they is needed it, num- actually to like confirm that. It. I've seen so many references in game and from Bungie where they refer to witness as it. Just. We don't know what this identifies as, so it for now. Um, just on that note, never call a trans person it because you don't know their pronouns. Thank no. you. If they, but, if they tell um, you their pronouns are yeah. it or include it, then go for your life. Um, but the witness just, maybe they just needed numbers. They knew they needed numbers and they knew they needed yeah. sheer force and disposability and Callus could offer that. Yeah, because it seems like the way that they were used was to break into that containment facility to get the veil or to yeah. get access to the veil for whatever means. Callus had the tools, the means and the numbers to but, do but so, also, so it might not even. Callus had the attitude, like the ferocity, the tenacity to just like fucking punch that wall until it comes down, metaphorically and literally. Um, it might just be a matter of it wasn't necessarily callous. Yeah. Like the other disciples. Maybe he didn't, they didn't necessarily see callous, like something in callous. They just saw callous as a tool. Yeah. Because they do treat callous very like disposably. <laughs> and like shit. But like at the end of the day, disposable. Yeah. They don't seem to lament about losing Callus like they did Sav mm. and Nazarek. Like there is no bitterness there from yeah. the witness. It's just, whoop, that happened. Yeah. But at the same time, the witness got what it wanted. So. Yeah. Um, Callus was a means to an end. I think so. But I just found that so funny. Just like, <laughs> oh, the witness doesn't care about any. Oh, no, it's just Callus. Yeah. Fuck Callus. Yeah, like Rolk, Nazarek, as we'll get to. Um, just like. Yes, this all makes sense. And then Callus walks in with these like fucking purple pyramid 
uh, shoulder like pads. teapots on his shoulders. <laughs> just coming in like a 1980s business power suit executive, just like, what's up? I'm here to make some deals. Here's my army. Someone on Twitter pointed out that Callus looks like a bad AI-generated Kingdom Hearts boss, and now I can't unsee it. Huh. He's got Kingdom Hearts boss energy. I've, I've never played a Kingdom Hearts game, and I kind of get that. But it's that. just the yeah. fucking, like, teapot shoulders. Yeah. What in the Tetsuo Nomura is this shit? Yeah, what, what fucking fell out of Disneyland onto this giant man? Alice in Wonderland looking ass. That's <laughs> mm. oh, all right, we dealt with him. Um, we had a little cinematic V-Doc, and I think since then we've had like an art V-Doc as well drop. Yeah. Which I haven't watched yet. But again, continuing that trend of like, they clearly shot all these on the same day but they're like drip feeding them out with like little different focuses. And the cinematic one is very also sick. Also acknowledging teams that often get forgotten, like yeah. the design teams, the art teams, the concept teams, yeah. the music, like yeah. even though music is a huge part of destiny, it's like, it's all about gameplay and yeah. that kind of stuff. You but don't the, often. The thing I like about the cinematic one is they, they kind of show the process of like, do the mocap, get the basic kind of skeleton together, then they layer, layer stuff on top of it. They introduce new stuff they would never done before. They actually shot stunts this time, which they haven't yeah. mocapped in the past. Yeah, but the, the thing I like about the way that they told that story is they basically explicitly said, people think you do the mocap and that's just what we put in the game. No, actually, it's a fuck ton of work in between and here's what that looks like. And they show like all these different shots of like the basic rig um, they show like the actual mocap then they show what the basic output of that is then they show it with like a little bit of a part like the initial pass applied to it and then like here it is with all the lighting and shit applied to it as well and it's like oh that's the cutscene and that takes a ton of work actually <laughs> including physical stunts and yeah. just like people moving about a space and that's kind of where it all comes from so cool. Yeah. Especially when they show you how they shot the Guardian hanging off the side of the jumpship. Uh, yeah, and what it was, it was is they had a stuntman on a ladder so that it looked organic yeah. the way that they were like moving. And like, I thought that was really cool. Watching that man traverse that ladder while hanging from it. I was like, yeah, you are making this look way too easy, my guy. Please stop. You, too strong. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. Just like hanging there. It's like, oh, yeah, I'll just make this move now and get the other arm up there. It's like, no, I would. And then the cloud striders stuntmen just flipping and like, and they've got oh, like a yeah. big board to act like the yeah. the weapon slash yeah. skateboard. Just very and they're cool. just rolling around with it and flipping it. I'm like, ah, very cool stuff. So cool. So cool. Yeah. I do need to go and check out that art one. I've also seen like, probably because of that in the last few days, like art station stuff getting posted to Twitter and like seeing just, Nazareth character models and like a 3D model of what the veil in game actually is and it's like this weird mushroom looking thing um there's been like it a reminds good me of like of those things floating around a bulb yeah yeah like a plant bulb like a like a lily bulb yeah. or like an onion bulb yeah so they're yeah like we said putting a spotlight on different groups like they seem to rotate who actually gets shown off in the, like, big uh, VDoc that they put out, the, like, you know, 15 to 20-minute showcase joint. Um, but these are nice. It's like, here's six minutes about this very specific aspect of this video game. Because um, I think stuff like that goes a long way to telling people to shut the fuck up about how game dev works. It's like, you don't 
know how much work actually goes into this game. It's not as simple as like, hey, just do make make the puddles better, fucking Spider Man. No, actually, <laughs> I I think it does a lot for like as people who want to get into the industry too. Yeah. Like seeing those, seeing the people and hearing, like, especially a lot of the people who are like, I started as a fan artist. Yeah. I started as someone who used to shoot the shit with DMG frequently. I started as a Twitch streamer. Like, hearing those stories is very inspirational too. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Now, trying to decide where to go next. The next big thing, like chronologically, was the raid. Yeah. Came out. But we had a bit of story in between. We did have a bit right? of story, and I did miss that. Um, seasonal story wise, last week, the only thing I thought worth mentioning or noting, uh, it, was, it was fine. It was fun. Um, the voice line as you load into the like ascendant plane side of that mission is Devrim and Amanda like talking about hanging out essentially, but like, um, I think it's the f- first time in game we've heard Devrim refer to his partner by name. Yeah. Right. He's Mark. Mark, like with a C, which is very cool. Um. Oh, cock. <laughs> fuck. I had to do the meme. <laughs> Damn it. Um, but yeah, like I think the line is something like, uh, Devrim mentions he'll bring Mark and they'll make it a double date, which made me think. Who is Amanda bringing? Better not be Crow. Um, we'll hear more about that relationship in this week's story. Um, but yeah, it was just a very sweet, like, these, these little bits of, like, dialogue that we're getting in the seasonal story we- missions are very cute, and it's all about, like, just people's relationships with one another and characters we haven't heard from much for a while. Also, like, I love Devram and Amanda and Misrax's banter. Mm, mm. Because it's all very optimistic. It's like, oh yeah, when we get this all sorted, when this all calms down, yeah. we'll all hang we'll out. Like it'll be drink. fine. We'll be back on the farm. <laughs> like <a> picnic. <laughs> Yeah. Like it's all very optimistic. Yeah. And I I really like that it's the ones that don't get rezzed who are like, yeah, well, we're gonna be fine. That's what I was gonna like, say, we- like that is a very human condition to like yeah. hold that optimism despite everything and just like have this Meanwhile, ideal situation to hang on to to get you through Mara and all the guardians are like oh fucking shit's fuck. bad homie <laughs> <laughs> but don't think like, about that y'all. the guardians always figure it out right yeah like y'all points at the <laughs> that's traveler traveler's got a gaping triangular hole in its face Jewel, Jewel missed the bit where he cut a big triangle and just disappeared. And we I, don't know what that I, is or where and it goes. I think created a wormhole. Um, I've seen the phrase Einstein Rosen Bridge thrown around a lot in the last two weeks, and that is a legitimate physics term for a wormhole or a just type like, of wormhole. We don't know what the fuck it is and what the fuck it just <laughs> opened and where the fuck it went. Y'all are talking about tea? Okay. Yeah, let's go have some tea. Um, so it's the yeah. it's the immortal ones who are like, fuck, this is it. We're doomed. But yeah. then the cloud striders and like all the humans are like, we're going to sort this out. It's fine. Yeah, who cares? I'll ri- I'm really I'll- good at flying my ship. Yeah, gonna, it's I'm your gonna, good. I'm going to ride my flying skateboard away from here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get me away from this. And Amanda's like, I'm just real good at, I'm a really good pilot. Yeah. I'll just fly a little bit, shoot some things and be good. 
<laughs> which is okay yeah it ties into this week's story which we get a little like kind of cutscene about amanda and her origin and that's yeah very nice it it started out dark kind of the the like orphan of a war uh type yeah type beat um but then she's like hey then i found a fucking spaceship and i just got hella good at it um which is you know obviously what we know her for is ships and ship things yeah just her just, little girl seeing the jump ships and being like that is I the coolest one. shit <laughs> when i get to the last city i'm gonna learn how to fly yeah but then also you realize that she was made an orphan at the hands of the Fallen. And when the Fallen or the Elixni came to the tower, she was one of the first to jump in and help. Mm. Like she had no hesitation. She was just like, oh, Misrax and his people need somewhere to stay. I'm all good with it. I'll help out. And then you realize it's because she's, I guess, like a, a refugee as well. So, mm. yeah, she is. you know, no resentment there. She was just like, she looked past the fact that they were also Elixir and was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. And, oh my God, we have to talk about Amanda and Miss Rex at kick. No, like it's, it's this really stilted delivery where he says like kicking it back and it's in quotes in the subtitles. And he's holding a cup of alcohol. Because it's like just an animated thing of them to them two standing next to each other. talking. He's he's, he's holding it like sideways, just in his outstretched arm. He's finished. Yeah, but like, and then Amanda is holding nothing. And then at the end of that conversation, they go to cheers and Amanda's just like got an empty hand and he's got this. Oh, fucking... she had a cup for me. Okay, I had nothing. She, for <laughs> me, she picked a cup off the table and cheers no, him. For me, it was just like, here's my hand just doing this motion and Miss Rex like waving this goblet around. <laughs> so goofy. He's new to drinking. But it was just like this very, this very funny thing that reminded me of, you've seen the movie Bicentennial Man? Yeah. It reminded me of that. It's like a robot learning how to be a human. Where he's like, I'm trying this new thing called kicking it back. I drink the drink. I am human. Yeah. <laughs> it's very it's very good. It's also really sweet because Amanda then goes in to talk about like, she's just like, man, Misrax is so cool. Mm. Mm. Like he's fearless. He kicks ass and he's, he's great at banter. And yes. I was like, yes. Yeah. I like the yeah. There's like a hollow projector conversation with them at the end of the story this week, right? Yeah, and I think if I remember correctly, Amanda talks directly to the Guardian about Misrax, yeah. where she's like, "Man, I'm really starting to enjoy his company. He's a lot of fun." Yeah. And I'm like, "How much? Maybe the double date with Devrim and Mark and Misrax." I'm into it. Mm-hmm. He's he's got all yeah. sorts of like attachments that could make for a fun time yeah but they could also just be asexual they could they could do all sorts of things like i know through lore and like lines she's delivered over the course of her existence in the universe the people have definitely picked up that she's bisexual like they're like oh yeah yeah okay but like their their relationship doesn't have to be intimate uh, every relationship requires intimacy that's, yeah it's a good point it's a different type of relationship that's why when I make the joke, I'm like, uh, my new head canon is Misrax and Amanda. So many people are like, ew. And I'm like, you know, you can date without intimacy, right? Well, intimacy. Yes. There's other ways to be intimate. Like by kicking it back, for example. Kicking it back. I took like I legitimately took a screenshot of that, like that with the subtitle just to be like, I need to remember this because it's very funny. 
It's so cute. I loved it. I was like, I love this. I love this new plot line. Meanwhile, Mara's just in the background, fucking woo. Just hit, just hitting the wall of spirit bomb. <laughs> just doing her fucking creepy bitch shit in the background. Uh, uh, actually, we, we got the like. So there's three of the battlegrounds this season. Um, and we got the third and final one this week and it starts in the farm and you just go and jump straight in the fucking portal next to where Mara should have been standing. Get in the hole. Yeah, get in the hole. Um, but it's cool because then like while you're in the ascendant plane, you're like climbing up and you go up this big like uh, thing that shoots you up in the air, which puts you on an orbital prison station. It's like that. that's where like it fully, it finally clicked for me what we're using the ascendant plane to do, which is traverse... We're going through the back door. Well, yeah, we're like traversing space that we wouldn't be able to otherwise. So like we have just gone up in the air and just like landed on a ship that's up there because there's no way we could do that otherwise. Yeah, well, that that was Mara's whole like, she's like, oh, well, we don't want them to see us coming. So like, let's go through the side door then. Yeah, yeah. But like it was only this week when, when they kind of, one of the voice lines was like, well, you got so high. How did you get up there? I'm like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> and it felt like a real I've, idiot. I've always thought of the ascendant planes as like a parallel. Yeah, but, that but like Mara I, I think, skips in and out of. Yeah, I think for me the the ascendant plane stuff that you do in the Dreaming City, it always felt like you go through one portal and that's the same way you come out again. So it's it never really I never really got that sense of like oh it's a it's like a mirror of the actual world. Um, yeah, but yeah, we're actually. Just I always using yeah it I always thought of it as like a parallel. Mm. Not necessarily a mirror, it's just an adjacent yeah. timeline that Mar- Mara and the Techians and obviously the Awoken can skip in and out of and back and forth. Yeah. It's just this one is dictated and controlled more by the darkness than our universe and yeah. that's what she taps into more because she talks about tapping into the darkness and using it yeah. to beat the Witness early in the expansion. So I've always just, even before that, I always, with some of the, ascendant plane and stuff conversations happening a couple of seasons ago i was like oh it must just be like it's less of a contained instance mm. like the throne world and more of like this thing runs adjacent with our yeah. reality and the awoken just have access to it yeah so yeah. when they were like yeah we're gonna go up i was like oh we're using the side door yeah, yeah. surprise motherfuckers yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very keen to see over the next like whatever it is to probably three weeks of see of the seasonal storyline of like where this is going. How else do we use the ascendant plane? Yeah. Or like, what is, what is the, the, the end goal of the season essentially? Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite sure where this is going. Cause I don't know. I think if we're the, just I trying to protect, protect the last city and earth yeah, at this point. I don't know if they've ever really explicitly said anything other than that. Like, to me, it feels like Devrin and Amanda and Mara and the Techians are the last, def- like, the the last defense, like, mm. for Earth itself. So their intent is keeping an eye on the Traveler mm-hmm. through the helm and then also being on Earth, but then also defending Earth from any kind of push that comes from the Shadow Legion or the Hive yeah. or because the Guardians were either wiped out in that huge fight or they're all fuck ass like we're the god killer and we're all fuck assing around on Neptune. Mm. 
So it's like, we're gone. So what does Earth have at that point, except for yeah. the Vanguard? But the Vanguard's very intently honed in on the Traveler right Kinda now. busy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Zav and Ikora are very kind of focused on what the fuck is this pink triangle? <laughs> yeah. Why it do that? Yeah, I know. Why it undulate like that? Yes. Is it humming? I think it's humming. Is it vibrating? Can we go try and touch it? Has anyone tried to just mm. touch it? It makes it makes a sound like when you put baking like, paper over a comb. Just sucks you into it like it did with those pyramid ships when the witness went through it. Just like I don't, I don't blame them for going through though because it's yeah. like what the fuck is on the other side? Yeah. Would it shred guardians? Because he shredded guardians. I don't know. What happened? What happened when pink triangle? I am sure we'll find out. Yeah. Um, but not yet. It's week three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've got a whole year of storytelling. Um, and then I think we'll wrap up the week's story stuff. Cause I did all that before I went, did Ron. Yeah. What, what else is there? Like there's the exotic mission. Um, there's the exotic mish, which I haven't done. Hee <laughs> hee. Have you not done it at all? Um, no. Oh. Uh, but I will, I'll try and do it tonight or tomorrow night or on the weekend. I'm sure there'll be people around. Um, before we loop back on the raid and some of the raid discussion. So yeah, we talked about the kicking it back and then my favorite hollow projector conversation ever was Ray, uh, Ray, Amanda and Crow and Amanda being like, Hey, so this isn't going to work out because at the end of the day, you are Aldrin and you killed Cade and Cade meant a lot to me. Um, so I personally can't get over that. And he's like, no, but like, we can like, like trying to convince her. And she's like, no. So here's the thing. I thought I could separate the two, but I can't. Mm. And he's like, well, neither can I. And she goes, well, then it's not going to work right now. And I'm like, ha, suck it. But just him being like, no, but what if? And she's like, no, sorry. Like, I just, I cannot get over the fact you are Aldrin and you killed one of my best friends. Like you killed Cade. I can't move on from that. Yeah. And him being like, oh, but I have. And she's like, yes, but I haven't. And I can't right now. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. But things seem to be heating up and she seemed optimistic. And then out of nowhere, she's like, I just can't detach you from I, Aldrin. I wonder if that would have gone different had uh, Crow not been given Aldrin's memories again. Because then at least... There's some amount of separation you could put there of like, well, that literally was a different person. The person you are now did not exist then. That's kind of how guardians work. Was Amanda aware and not aware until recently, potentially? Maybe. I, th- I think like once, once he was given all of Aldrin's memories, everyone kind of was clued in on that. I think it was like this yeah. big thing we were trying to prevent and then it happened. Um, I think it was the Vanguard and then anyone peripheral to the Vanguard in that season pretty yeah. much found out. So I wonder if she could have got past it, if that, if that were the case. But also I'd, I couldn't, I also couldn't blame her. It was like every time I see you, I see him. Like regardless of you being a literal different person after this resurrection with a ghost, like you're going you're gonna to have that thought and that's going to be hard to get past. And and especially considering he and Aldrin are pretty much reunited at this point. 
Well, that's what I mean. Like, if that had yeah. not happened, would it be different? Like, if it was just yeah. this crow and this Aldrin, and they, all they share is like they've occupied the same body. I mean, the people that sheltered Crow very much tried their best to keep that he was older and under wraps yeah. too. Like, well, that, that's that's kind of what you meant. Guardians then, have no knowledge of their previous life. Yeah, but Spider and then Mistrax and then I guess to to a degree Zavala and stuff because they put him on the helm, so they knew and mm. they just probably never told Amanda. Yeah, you mm. know, because they probably knew Amanda would kick his fucking ass. <laughs> True. And I mean, she, she got that bionic leg. Fucking shot him in the chest. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> I just want to like loop that clip. So, so good. Huh. So I thought, I just thought, I went, ha, get wrecked when I was <laughs> listening to that. I'm like, ha. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down. Think about what you 30 did. seconds after, 30 seconds after the Mistrax interaction and the next thing I listen to is, hey, it's not going to work out yeah. because you kind of killed my best friend in the whole wide world. Oops. So Mistrax hasn't killed any of your best friends that we know of. No, Mistrax is sick as hell. Get around him. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, then there's, yeah, before we talk about the raid, the exotic mission. Um, yes. Avalon, I believe, is just what we're calling it. It's got some weird, like, name, but Avalon's in there. Um, code. Yeah, I, I kind of dig the way that you start the mission, which is, like, loading into this weird part of the EDZ. I don't know how we were supposed to find that other than me Googling how do I start the secret mission because there were no clues in the game that this was even in there. Um, and you just like find these six little glowing cubes and then it opens a, a cave or something and then you go through a vex portal and that's how you discover the mission and then it's just like on the director and you can just launch it every week and it's a pinnacle source. If the Twitter interactions are anything to go by, um, I think people loaded into the EDC and then looked up and were like, what the fuck is this big vex? Like, they weren't even big. They were the like sky? these tiny little square things. No, there's a big um, portal. Oh. Above the EDZ. Yeah, there's there a massive was. portal. Okay, yeah. I wasn't sure if that showed up before or after. I Because I only noticed it after the I Twitter collected dialogue. all the things and gone in. Yeah. The Twitter stuff I saw, because I had to do the same, I was like, what is this exotic mission everyone's talking about? And yes. the Twitter dialogue was like, ah, uh, has anyone looked up in the EDZ right, lately? Okay. And then people being like, what the fuck? And then people starting to discover those cubes and being like, I yeah. think it has something to do with these because these are new, right? Yeah, yeah. So like, once I, once I noticed one of the cubes, it didn't take me long to find all six and hit them fast enough. Um, but yeah, then we're like loading into the actual fucking Vex network, apparently. And but you meet a blue-eyed Vex before you do that. You do. You do meet a blue-eyed Vex. I was so excited when I saw that Vex. I was like, I know who I this know. is. <laughs> I know. Yeah, so we, so we get in there. There's like a whole... It's it like the first time through, it took me a little while because like I did it solo. I, well, I did it solo, but it was more just like trying to figure out the mechanics for the first time because there's like this... There's like these Vex conduits that appear throughout it where there's like there's a cube and then a diamond and then a triangle three-dimensional structure and you've got to hit them in certain sequences to like to unlock the thing to go to the next area and that's kind of the repeating mechanic um and they are in like chains of symbols that start out three like three symbols that you have to hit for the first 
code and then they're basically up to five long and you've got to just remember that hit them in order while managing a shitload of enemies that are spawning in it's honestly crazy um but actually very fun in terms of like you know you're the the, the exotic mission that you're going to run every week like this is the presage or the whatever the other ones were called uh for this season it seems um, yeah but yeah we're back in like you remember season of the splicer right jumping into the vex network we fucking just smashed my microphone oops um oops we saw it throughout the the lightfall campaign a little bit as well but this is like it's a fucking massive environment that we're loading into here some cool stuff yeah, no, I just like the lore stuff. Yeah, the lore is good because as as we're going through, periodically, we see, how do I describe this? Essentially Casper the Friendly Ghost. It's basically like uh, waist up, hovering in the air at certain points as you're moving through the environment. And it is none other than Asher fucking Mir. Uh, yeah. Who straight uploaded himself into the Vex network uh, when... He had a deteriorating. I can't. I can't remember what he had, but he also he had a condition or something. Something was affecting his like abilities, and he was slowly deteriorating. Season of arrivals when they worked out that like IO was going away. That's what he did. Is he put himself in the Vex network? Uh, Yeah, because he saw a pyramid at IO, so he kind of got the first glimpses of mm. what was coming. So yeah, we we don't we don't really. We don't really talk to him. He just appears, and then as you get close to him, he kind of, like, dissipates. Like he's guiding us. Yes. Um, the uh, the blue-eyed harpy mm. shows up somewhere else, too, in the, in the Lightfall campaign, and I've forgotten where. But the first time I mm. saw it, blue-eyed, peaceful harpy, I was like, Yeah, no, I, I, I know what you mean. I can't remember when it was either. They're not gonna... Of all people, and then yeah, I mean, when I they were always when you gonna, go down to that hole and it's back. there, <laughs> you go down that hole and it's there. You're just like, oh my fuck, it's my favorite warlock. Yes, yes, he's he's back, um, and the thing that he is here to bestow upon us is the second uh, vex pun named thing that I referenced earlier. It is a void glaive called Vex Caliber, as if yeah. Ashamir is a fucking lady in the lake distributing swords to people. He's terminally <laughs> online at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Body and and mind. It's uh look, it's it's a fairly decent glaive. Um the the trick with it, the reason it's an exotic, if you hold down the the shield that a glaive gives you, uh it gives you a void overshield for like 10 seconds and that's pretty neat um but the thing that it can do at least as of this week um it's it's similar to revision zero where you do these quests and you un- you unlock more shit that the glaive can Alice do and shit yeah um the thing that it can do at least as of this week is you hold down that shield and you can walk through certain walls in this exotic mission and you can access huh. certain things and certain secrets that you couldn't before uh and it seems like we're gonna get some other puzzles and mysteries within that giant giant environment um because even this week as i ran it you know i could go through certain things and it was like fairly obvious 
what to do with that ability. But there were also a couple of spots where I'm like, I think I know what this is and how it works, but I don't think I have enough either information or abilities right now with the glaive to be able to actually do anything with it. Um, and we got a we got a quest like an actual like quest uh, from the helm this week, assuming you've done the original uh, mm-hmm. exotic mission run, where it asks you to go back into the mission, and one of the objectives is to unlock one of the puzzle or like solve one of the puzzles in there, which is like for example, going through one of these walls and opening a chest. That's like the most basic yeah. one, and it happens pretty early in in the in the run. Um, but that just makes me think, well, next week, surely we're going to get another thing to slot into it and we can do the next more complex puzzle. I don't know how far this goes, but it's very cool that we've got this like thing that lets us walk through walls a little bit in this one very specific place. Yeah. I didn't know it did that. So that's super interesting. Yeah. To me. That's what I say. Like, I, I don't think you can do that in the first week because it's like this, you, yeah, you put this mod in it and then that I think is what lets you do it, and that's part of the quest for this week, the second the second week of it. It's just making sure I was correct about my Ashamir law. Yes, I was. Yes, good. But yeah, it's uh yes. I would recommend doing it. Um mainly because yeah, that second week is very neat. Um but yeah, like it's a long mission. I remember like presage runs would take us like forty five minutes sometimes. It's like that. Yeah. It's like a light dungeon. Yeah. But yeah, that's I'm where I'm gonna do that after this. That's where my my current favorite combo of disorienting grenades and like sunspots and throwing hammers is working really well because I would just like hit a blinding grenade, all the enemies would would ignore me, so I could hit the symbols on that fucking vex conduit. Um, that and then I would find somewhere to hide, and it got out of hand in a couple of spots. <laughs> And then Xenophage, like, <laughs> hey, this Vex Cyclops, like, bam, no, one shot right in the eye, get out of here. Don't want to do that. Yeah. That's, that's what I brought in when I was trying to solo it. I was like, yeah, just Xeno. No. <laughs> I was still getting my shit handed to me. Yeah, like, you don't get anything different for doing it solo. I was just, like, kind of vibing out. Just, just I just loaded it, and I was like, oh, just, this is what I'm doing now. And... I, I got as far as I got, which was finishing it because I just got, got in the zone with it. Um, but yeah, there's no need to do it solo at all. There might be a triumph yeah. for it, but like, again, I don't think it matters for anything. Yeah. Um, I still have to give it a go. I just got to level up a little bit more yeah. and I should be good. Yeah. Um, all right. One, one very quick note before we talk about the root of nightmares. Um, I've already gilded my dredgen mainly because it seems like gilding seals right now is kind of broken. Um, so the thing that we found in the first week, because someone did it by accident, is that if at least for the dredgen seal, if you had it already and you looked at the gilding requirements, you, what you would actually notice is that you already had eight out of nine completed. That's what it would say. And like all of these gold triumphs already ticked. So by all it took was completing one other triumph, um, don't get me wrong, I will play enough Gambit to have done it legitimately by, yeah. by the end of the season. Um, but I already have my eight-time Gilded Dredgen. 
Um, <laughs> it just, it, it feels a little wrong, but also I was always going to do it. Leave yeah, me alone. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll definitely take it. It means I don't have to stress about it. Um, but yeah, it seems like there might be one or two other seals that also are that way. I think Glorious, one of the Crucible seals is that way because there's people who have it now who basically swore that they would never be able to get it a while back. So, oh well. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, That's uh, funny. It's fine. You know, what, they don't, they're, they're meaningless. Just a little, little, little symbol, a little tag to put under your name. Yeah. As much as I love the journey system, I'm, I am experiencing some fucking elitism when it comes to guardian ranks. I and mean, I'm just like, that shit was always there. It's just now we've got a different tool for people to be assholes with. Like I've seen screenshots of text chat where people are like, oh, you're a level three, get out of my game. It's like those people should not be playing this kind of game or they could just like hang out with themselves and be in a shitty little part of the sandbox together oh way yeah um report those people for being shitheads or just block them and it goes against like everything bungie's doing where they're like commendation system ranking system you also like if you show isn't it also if you are high level and you show up and you lights through stuff you also get rewarded i I think i think it's more that if you're a higher level the commendations you give to lower level players earn you more points for your accommodation score. I think it's something like that. Um, So it actually kind of matters that if you're a higher level, you're looking after lower level people. Like that's the way it's supposed to work. But the problem is those sort of like elitist players are only looking at, well, I have to get this number higher so that I can unlock things. And they're just trying to find the the path of least resistance to doing that. Um, And it's just the same shitty behavior we've always seen. So yeah, I don't think the commendation system was ever going to solve that. It's just, like I said, it's a new tool for people to be shit with. Yeah, it's just whatever people can latch on to. Yeah. You get all these levels, but you can't get any bitches. Speaking of not, get, not, not getting any... I fucked I fuck that up. Speaking of not getting any bitches. Liver King. Nezarek. Root of Nightmares. <laughs> Our HDH short king himself. Yes. Um, we got that done on, what was it? it was Tuesday. So yeah. the night, the night, like for us, we've said this before, the weekly reset, 3 a.m. on a Wednesday. We started the raid on Tuesday this week at like 7.30 p.m. Um, we didn't finish until about 1.30 in the morning. Uh, so we were a full like hour and a half before Reset cleared our checkpoint um, when we actually got it done. Uh, it took us like nearly seven hours, I think that worked out to. Um, some of the API stuff rounded it down to six hours, but Braytech is telling me it's six hours 57. Um, fucking felt like it. Um, but anyway... That was like, it was after contest mode. So raid dropped at the weekend. Contest mode was for 48 hours. A lot of people got in there. Uh, a lot of people got their clears. Uh, World first happened in like, was it three hours? Three hours, three or four hours, um, yeah. And before you say, hey, that's really fast. What the fuck? Easy raid. There's been faster. 
Um, and also it's like, it's an incredible, it's a way more accessible raid system we have now with things like the legendary campaign getting you basically at raid level. You can do that shit on day one and then not stress about prepping, right? So like the barrier to entry is so low they release it now on a, also, on a, on an actual workday so that Bungie can be there to support it better. Also, not every raid needs to be long. No. No, it's, like it's actually even, better if it's even not, after in people a way. have yeah, even after people have gotten it down to half hours like we did with DSC. There's no reason for a raid to be long. No. There are some raids that still take the average, and I say average because this doesn't count for people who play Destiny as a living the average fire team three or four hours to do. Yeah. I mean, that's the case for us because we like, are currently not doing them as frequently as we used to. VOG, for example, still takes us a few hours to get it done. Yeah. Um, you know, not every raid needs to be a fucking, like, King's Fall or yeah. fucking VOG I, I, or Garden. I did, see, like, I did see some of the folks I follow on Twitter who, like, got their contest mode clear and then because it didn't take them that long... They spent the rest of the weekend basically helping other people do it. And that is yeah, the like other side of that Amaze, coin, right? Amaze Sherpa a whole bunch of people yeah, I think, with his uh, friends. Kim, Kim Prime, I think, was doing the same thing. There, there's a few others. Yeah, the Red Jack Network were yeah. Sherpering a bunch of people through. Like um, Steve Saylor has been pretty vocal in being like, hey, as someone with a disability, I can tell you right fucking now this shit is accessible and I appreciate it. Yeah. Um. As someone with a chronic illness, I can't fucking sit for six hours to do a raid. Nope. If it takes me 35 minutes, I'm happy. I got my run in. Like, for a first time raid, only taking three to six hours, I'm good with that. Like, yeah. I can't do 12 hour days anymore. Like, my body yeah. just will not let me do those days anymore. Yep. And I mean, like, I gotta like, pee every 30 minutes, as you guys know. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, our, our run took us almost seven hours our first king's fall was like eight yeah right like and 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 we're a group who like play the game a decent amount and some of us are you know pushing into the pinnacle cap now in week three um and that still took us nearly seven hours because like there's a lot of mechanics to work out there's also like how your particular group of six is going to attack those mechanics and trying to work out the best way to do it. And, you know, like we switched roles with people at a couple of points throughout the run because it was like, hey, you're running, but it actually seemed like I did this. And, you know, the first encounter, I was like, hey, I've got decent mobility and I am built around moving and killing a lot. I'll run the orb aspect of, of the raid. And then I was like, actually, no, it's better if all I do is add clear and dump orbs of power everywhere so that people who need that shit have access to it. Um... And so, yeah, we just, it takes a bit of time. So, yes, Worlds First was like three hours. And honestly, congrats to that team. Um, that team, I'm forgetting their name, but they have been like in that kind of top tier for a long time. And I think this is their they're first also, Worlds First. They're also all super casual yeah. Destiny players. Like the joke, they were like, oh, yeah, so what are you thinking of the law? And then they were like, we don't watch the cutscenes. And they're like, oh, in the raid. And they're like, no, ever. We skip the cutscenes. <laughs> just want to like, shoot. There, it was it was really refreshing to see a group of mostly the average Joe winning a raid race for once. Yeah, like that was that was really refreshing. Much to the fucking what is it chagrin chagrin mm -hmm. of chagrin 
of some of these full-time raid races. Some of them were definitely salty about it and let Twitter know. And all I have to say is, yeah, see you stinky. Um, hold, can't win hold, them all. Hold this L, I believe it's yours. Be excited for other people yeah. to experience what you've gotten to experience a bunch. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like if if the first thing you reach for is a complaint that oh the raid must be uh, too easy then it's like well, it's why a didn't, shitty easy why, raid why didn't, uh, why didn't you win then if it's we too cheesed easy. most of it me, me, me. I'm like okay once again yeah. see you stinky yeah like I hear them talking I have the displeasure of that some of those people's clips coming up on my timeline and it's so immature but when they talk all I hear is <laughs> I'm just like I don't. Anyway, let's let's me, turn, me, me, me. turn this back around to a more See positive, a more positive bent. Um, so, the way the way that this environment works, if you remember back to the campaign, the traveler shoots that big beam of light into a pyramid ship, and you see a tree growing and all this stuff. The raid is set inside said pyramid ship. And the witness is like, don't mind if I do. Yeah, but <laughs> Skedaddles out. But we are, the, the, the whole raid is inside that one pyramid ship that the Traveler blasted a hole inside of. Um, and it's sick as hell in there, I've got to tell you. Yes, I have quest. Make yes. me wonder, did Traveler intentionally let Nazarak out then? I don't know. That is something I was thinking I've been that thinking the whole about. raid. I was like, so did Traveler know old mate was in here? But why? But why? Why would you? Harpy? Why would you do that? Um, but yeah, and so so the main like the main mechanic that occurs throughout the entire raid um, is this idea of like, I mean orbs, but basically seeds and growing. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. You're essentially like there's there's an orb which is representing a seed in the way that it's kind of explained, and you're you're growing the the seed into a plant that connects multiple plates. Um, and you start out, and all you're dealing with is light orbs, and then later on, dark orbs are introduced, and it's very much about like the interplay between light and dark, and having to cross over. And there's all these like references, visual references to helixes, and um, you know, in what in the second encounter, we're like zigzagging light and dark, mixing the two together, um, which is very much like the story of Lightfall and Destiny at the moment. Is like these two supposedly opposite forces are now like actually a lot more closely aligned. I like that it kind of plays off that. Well, in my head, it plays off that concept of like the greater, you know, without, um, without the light, you can't see the shadows. So without mm. the good in the world, you, you can't pick out the bad yeah. and get rid of the bad. Right. Yeah. So the fact that we need the light to grow those seeds is a really interesting kind of concept to me. Yeah, I, I also I also appreciate that um, in in a couple of raids now, I think Valid Disciple is probably the the biggest one for this. The raid boss was treated like a reveal, like this huge moment of like, "Yo, what the fuck is this? Who is this?" And like DSC was like this, where it's like, "Oh, it's Tanix, it's Tanix again." But in Who's this, but in, the legs? in this one, like basically, as soon as you load in, it's like, oh, this is this is Nezarek. Nezarek is talking to us. 
we are going to kill Nezarak at the end of this raid. And it's just like obvious about it. It reminds me of how like the old slug monster from Monsters Inc. is just there. Surprise, (laughs) it's me. (laughs) Imagine Imagine Nezarak lines in (laughs) Slughorn. I wish I remembered any Nezarek lines right now. I'd try and do them. so funny. It's me, Nezarek, god of pain. <laughs> End uh, of pain or whatever it called himself. Go- final god of pain, I believe. Fucking, okay, buddy, go watch more Naruto. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, like, speaking of differences to previous raids, like, the jumping puzzle actually has mechanics to it that aren't just platforming yeah and it's again it's more of the like move the seed get the thing and you're going light to dark to light to dark um and i think that's where the concept of the refuge is introduced um yeah because you go you go from a light orb to a dark one and that creates a ref a refuge basically gives you a, a buff from a deep like prevents you from dying when this thing happens every 45 seconds um, and that, that refuge lasts for like 14 seconds. So you've got to like time it right. Um, and then if you go from dark to light, you you get the same yeah. thing later on. I don't know how many other people noticed it, but I didn't want to mention it in the raid because then I knew that would trigger certain people or like some people to want to go find more. Mm. But I noticed that as we go through the raid, there are, there are bits of Nezarek through the raid. Like, near each encounter, like, like pe- chunks of Nezarek. Yeah. Form? Yeah. So by the like time we hit. off or like just peeking yeah. in? Like they're in the, like the glass, you know, how oh. fucking the witness loves taxidermy apparently. Oh, right, right. Yeah. So they're bits of Nezarek. I didn't connect the dots until the final encounter. I was like, oh, those chunky bits that i've been staring at and people have been like where's mecky that yeah. was nezarek okay yeah. until i saw like his final form with the wings yes. his fucking seth sephiroth final form yeah um and i found it really interesting that the the pieces were pretty much all together and then we go to that bit and that thing in the middle the radial it looks like a radial mass mast mm-hmm. that thing that's jutting out the thing in the center kind of, it's beating like a heart yeah, the entire time. And then it sends out a massive pulse. I just thought it was really interesting. I was like, oh, are we accidentally putting him back together? I don't know. By coalescing the light and the dark, are we like accidentally yeah. pulling his pieces back together? I don't know. I, I, I thought they were in the T. Yeah. How'd they get out of the T? Like, like a lot of the stuff at the moment in Destiny, I need to go and consume a bunch of lore. I've been holding off until kind of now just for fear of like spoiling myself on stuff that I haven't done yet. But I feel like I'm at the point now where like I've kind of done all the big stuff and I want to go and watch a video where somebody's read all of the like armor lore and weapon lore from the raid and that. I thought we put him in the Bubba's gem jars, the recycled washed out gem jars. I thought we put him in them. Well, the problem is we we collected them all. That was the problem. We shouldn't have done that. You put them back together. Um, but yeah, like visually, this raid oh, is stunning. It's like, so pretty. It's unlike anything I've seen before in the game. Like, Obviously, there's a lot of darkness architecture within the raid, but there's like this. Oh, we're dealing with plants, like silver wings yeah, like, architecture. Tr- yeah, tree, of, tree of silver wings and, and all that. But 
all of the like weird tendrils and plant references and once again it's the coalescence of dark and light like this this tree is growing in this pyramid and the pyramid is the symbology of the darkness yeah and it's growing throughout true true and like we're in the roots and yeah. it's thriving and there are different parts where there are flowers like in the black garden mm. when you first enter the raid there's flowers like the black garden everywhere which i thought was really pretty yeah. as you guys heard yes. <laughs> pretty yes um one thing that i've seen a few people have this idea that like oh the planet's encounter doesn't fit I disagree because it's it is where still... the witness was in the final cut scene. Yeah. I put that together as soon as we walked in the room. Um, you heard me go off when I first saw it. Yeah. So before I get to that, like the whole raid, like we said, is kind of about like light and dark, the interplay, weaving them together. That encounter is still that it's just applied differently. You're still like, you're mixing you're like you've got a light side and a dark side you're moving things across yeah it's not as obvious as like orbs and auras and refuges but like i i think it still fits um i think also that room is incredibly flavorful uh for the reasons that we mentioned about that final cutscene oh, from the pretty. witch queen um that like that that scene where the witness first appears out of that weird goo and you see all the planets in front of it and we're in that room because this is the ship. This is the, the witnesses ship that the traveler blasted a hole in. Uh, the reason there was a statue of Nazarek in it is because Nazarek was in it. Like I, I, yeah, I want to go and like watch that final cutscene again, just to like, Look, see what's in the background that you can well, catch yeah, or like in yeah, the that, but also to like look more closely at the planets themselves because i think i just glanced off it as like oh that must just be the solar system but when you go into that room in the raiding counter there's like fucking 15 planets hovering in the sky that's more than we have in the solar system my guy there's some identifiable planets and then there's some that you're just like what that's just an orb um what you green orb yeah. not not earth yeah but uh just so such i i also want to i i think we had a lot of chatter throughout that raid and i missed a lot of the lore and the dialogue that was coming through just because of like when it cut in and like it was kind of quiet so I, I missed parts of it and the same goes for like the music of the raid i don't feel like i i really caught much of it um so i want to i think at some point i want to try and get a, a run together for route where we kind of take the time and like soak that stuff in but also i just want to go and like find a video with all the dialogue and lore in it and just kind of like make sure i get that um because i definitely know i missed some shit um but yeah then uh boss fight nezarek um not as intimidating as physically and visually yes. as I expected. Like when <laughs> I expected another Rolk. Like so, like during the, during the Lightfall campaign, like some of those tormentors are a little bit bigger, and they are called, for example, Imprint of Nezarek. And then when you fucking see Nezarek, you it looks like He's a torm big tormentor looks like with a, tormentor. a slightly different head and you've, some you've wings. You've got the same like crit spots on the shoulder and shoulders and and the chest. Um, He's a bit bigger. He's got some wings and he's got this big fucking weird scythe. 
Um, very, I, I, I think that's a very cool boss fight. Um, yeah, you've got yeah, a couple of people trying to build. Neat. You've got a couple of people trying to build the the chains of of the of the orbs. Um, there's like a white mechanic, which means you have to go and create the refuge to to block that thing from killing you. Um, it's a classic. Everybody stand in the place and do the damage for DPS. Um, we went with Well of Radiance, Divinity, and Five Thunderlords, and it worked a treat. It worked. I, I think if we got everything to line up, that's a two damage phase boss fight. Even on a, even on that first run, we were putting out the right numbers for that. Um, yeah, there was there was a little bit of like cheesing him to like not not during the damage phase, but just to like. Stun oh, him. we stun locked his to, to, um, yeah to stun lock him just during the during wipe. the 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 mid phase where we're like building those chains. Um, honestly, just because it, it we were fucking f- six hours deep and it made it more manageable. Um, we will th- that one. I feel like we were ninety percent of the way to doing it legitimate. Um, and by the end of it, much. we were. Pr- by the end of it, we were pretty much doing it legitimate. Like we were seeking refuge and letting well, him the, the, reset. The, the refuge we would have to do, but like locking him out of his animation, we were still doing that the whole way through. Um, so if you take that out and he's just roaming and you're trying to like follow him and stun him, that makes it a little a little tougher. Um, but I was just on orb generation duty. Um, Hey, I was shitting out orbs too. <laughs> so this, so th- this raid actually made me go digging into the the Destiny Two API for the first time because I know I generated a lot of orbs, uh, but raids don't seem to be an activity where the stats include orbs generated. I can get stats about like all time orb generation, and I think I'm in like sixty something thousand, um, but I cannot get for a raid activity how many orbs generated and i think it's not all activities that actually track that on a per instance basis because i know some like strikes or uh battlegrounds or whatever it is like on the on the post game uh report in in game you will get orbs generated as like a stat that it shows you so like it is tracking it for some things um but what i can tell you is i killed like over two, two, nearly two and a half thousand enemies, and that was ahead of anyone by like hundreds, because all I was doing was blinding grenades and throwing hammers and setting everything on fire and running away. Um, of that two and a half thousand, just over one thousand were melee kills. To give you an idea of just how fucking ruthless I am with that hammer, uh, it's very satisfying. Also, because I realized that like. I still have yet to work out why this is the case, but when I when I get like an actual throwing hammer kill, I think one of the aspects or fragments or something means that my unpowered melees basically do the same thing. So I'm like, well, basically do the same amount of damage. They don't get the health restoration happening, but I was like, okay, throwing hammer and then just like punch, punch, punch. And they were just like one hit KOs on just like all of those cabal enemies in the, in the boss fight. And it was very satisfying to just like, throw a grenade they're all on fire and then it was like whack whack just <laughs> put them I, down i just took a quick peek to see what i was running and it was like maxed out on orb mods and then i had um fusion fusion the click melee sun braces and then i had my resilience maxed out mm-hmm. and that was 
pretty much I was just looping grenades and melee grenades and melee because I get the double nades. Yeah. And then with the fusion grenades, it was feeding back into my melee. And then I was just, that's how yeah. I was, well, the, by the end, that's how I was clearing out all those enemies as that, I was taking the side you weren't on. Yeah. Just like, whoa. That's the thing that's kind of broken about that Titan throwing hammer is that one of the solar fragments is whenever you use a charged melee, you generate, or maybe it's one of the mods, one of the new mods, whenever you use a charged melee, you generate orbs of power. I think it is a mod because I've got two of them. Um, but of course, if I pick that throwing hammer up, I can just do it again. So if if you watch that like kill feed, it's just like chili bin generated an orb of power and it's just like constantly going. Uh, and it's, I, f- I feel like I'm helping, but also it's very fun, um, especially when you uh, use the disorienting grenades and the enemies can't do anything. You're just like bonk, bonk. And I'm cons- and like because I pick up the throwing hammer and as long as it hits something, I it triggers health restoration. So I also died the least out of anyone. Yeah, I still died sixty nine times. Nice, nice. Um, but that's just because I am constantly keeping myself healing. It's very it's very fun. I'm enjoying it a lot. I have not used strand much at all because <laughs> <laughs> it can't beat this. Yeah, I definitely, with the fusion grenade build I'm running, or like the solar build I'm running, I definitely want to try and spec into support more. So the healing grenades and the shielding grenades, because Mm. then if I can run that loop, I can just constantly have healing grenades and an empowering rift and then a well. Yeah. And almost go back to like D1 support warlock days. Mm. Um, What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So in terms of like us finishing that boss fight we got real close a couple of times uh there, there was, i think fucked it, by the mandatory wipe mechanic where uh, it was just like yeah. yeah he's dead but also we're gonna wipe I'm well like, it, cool. it was also Very like neat. it was the timing of completing those two chains then there's like a a few seconds before it activates the beam that kind of like stops that from happening and we lost it to a, a few times to that of just like we thought we got Animation, it in time yeah. and it was just like all of those things playing out. It didn't line up. Um, but there was one, I think it might've been our second to last attempt before we actually got it. Um, we were standing there, we jumped up to do damage. Like a couple of people died straight away. And so we're just doing whatever we could. And I had run out of heavy. And so I just, I ended up, I think I just like got knocked off by Nezarek and I was like on the ground off the, off the plate we we're standing on, like next to his feet, throwing a hammer at his shins. And then at one point <laughs> I like turned in a way that I didn't mean to, which meant I threw the hammer and it went up into the sky, missed him and went off the fucking map. And so all I had left was unpowered melee into his ankles. It just, Punching his ankle? Yeah, like legitimately. And then it got Chomping down to like... his Achilles? <laughs> yeah, but with my fist. And it got like, we ended up getting him like to like sliver of health, a pixel dick, if you will. And I reckon if we had had three more seconds, we would have beat him. Yeah. And we wiped because there's like a limited amount of time to do that final stand damage. But I love that like that didn't defeat us. That happened to us and we oh, went, yeah. oh, we are so close. We, we, the thing is, like, we were already close. We knew we had the rotation down. We knew we were able to put out enough damage. It was just getting all of the timing. lining it all Just getting up, the timing yeah. to line up on, like, completing those chains, getting the refuges, doing it a couple times. 
um, which, you know, it's classic first attempt at a raid stuff. Um, but yeah, just, just some very funny moments um, like that of, ah, oh, fuck, what else, what are we going to do now? Um, and honestly, I'm surprised we kept going until like 1.30 in the morning. I, I wouldn't have blamed anyone if they were like, I'd, let's, we've still got a week to earn the jacket. Let's not push this. Um, but I'm, 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 look, I'm, I'm glad we did. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> jacket, jacket, yes, jacket, I, I, jacket. I, I have already ordered it. Um, I'm going to save for mine a little bit. I, I thankfully had a, had a bit of money saved already. So I was like, yeah, he is like, I think it ended up being nearly $300 when you factor in like shipping and uh, exchange rates and all that shit. I um, mathed mine out to about 320 just to be safe. I was like, yeah. okay, so it's 150 USD. That's at least 200. It's then like, I'm probably looking it's like at like 40 US shipping, 50, 60 US shipping. So I cashed mine out to 320 and I was like, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it is what it is, but yeah, ha- uh, having got a couple of those jackets already, like they are, they are well made. They're very nice. Very nice. Can't this see it cool. on my screen. But I can see the, the, the sleeve of it. My um, DSC jacket's in the background forever. But yeah, in addition to a very sick jacket, there's a very sick pin that you can get. Some pin of the is Valve so Disciple. Nice. Also ordered that. Um, but in terms of in-game stuff, some of the ar- oh yeah, hang on, some of, some of the armor for this raid <laughs> is beyond cursed. Specifically, <laughs> the warlock chest piece. As soon as I dropped that, I was like, "I'm putting the bitch on." You've got and like it took two, a couple of it's got it extra took a arms? couple of encounters. Someone like two encounters after I changed it, it was like, "Mickey, why do you have so many fucking arms?" That was me, and the reason it took me so long is because I noticed it. I think in the just before we did the second encounter, but it was in a moment where like I was trying to get the group to focus a bit, and I was like, "I can't bring this up because it's going to counter the thing I'm trying to do right now." <laughs> The thing is, though, is when I dropped it and put it on, I started doing my evil giggle, and right. one of our one of our teammates was like, "Mackie, what are you up to?" And I just stood in the middle of everyone, like nothing happened. <laughs> I was just standing there to, to, to try and paint you a word arms, picture, just like <laughs> yeah, to try and paint you a word picture. It's like a general kind of chess piece, but like I think it's That's just on, I think it's just on one side. There's like two extra arms coming off the back of it, like yeah, small so arms. And- no, they're about the same size. Then, no, it's just they only like have four fingers. They're like the size of your actual arm in game. Um, and one of them is holding like a potion, like a bulb, a potion bottle. Yeah. And the other arm is holding like a dagger. Yeah. And that looks pretty neat. Yeah. Um, and then on the opposite side to those arms, it looks like a really gross, like Elizabethan rough, but it's made of like skin. Yeah. yeah. And then like this weird color changing butt flap. It's yeah. disgusting and I love it. Yeah. And the toe, like the I got the feet as well, and the feet have funny little toes on them. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't wait for the nasty as fuck helmet. Uh, yeah, I haven't done it, but I want to go and look at just in the collections tab in game, like all of the armor sets, just to see what they kind of look like, because it doesn't bode well. <laughs> the Titan ones <laughs> think- are like kind of somewhere in the middle where like it looks like Titan shit, but it's like got weird curvy bits to it. I think I said to you, I was like, look, I look like you should be on the cover of a sleep token song. <laughs> Legitimately. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, the raid weapons, too, are very cool. Kind of nasty. I got the, yeah. the, the kinetic auto rifle, um, 
which just has, it has a really good feel to it, but I also got one that it dropped with um, uh, Demolitionist and what have, what's the uh, Adrenaline Junkie, which is basically like a grenade-focused loop within one gun, where it's one of, I think it's Adrenaline Junkie, is like getting kills with a grenade or this gun, make it do more damage, and then Demolitionist is like kills with it, refund grenade energy, and using yeah. your grenade reloads the gun. So I was you can run, create I was, like a grenade reload loop. Could do. Um, even just running that gun on its own, it's kind of fun. Um, it would probably be good running Strand because your mount, your grapple is a grenade. Um, sure, I didn't it's, think of that. It's a Strand weapon, um, and it's got like all the raid weapons seem to have this perk, which is like if you use multiple weapons from that set. They do more damage, and it's like the, the origin perk is kind of weird that way. But yeah, I also dropped the motherfucking raid exotic. Uh, I haven't actually used Your it yet. Uh, RNG I, finally let off. Fucking tell me about it, dude. The amount, of, the amount of times I have not got a first time exotic, and others have. Uh, yeah, it looks cool as shit. I haven't actually used it at all yet, but it sounds like it fires both stasis and solar so i have no idea what i'm going to use that for um but i've seen people tweeting about it that it's very good so i'm gonna fuck around with that a little bit pretty soon yeah like i I, like getting that to drop that's what almost made me tear up after like seven hours of raiding i was like ah fuck finally just like the relief of like we're finished raid, but also like, ah, oh, cool. I actually finally get one of these things. I just love the evil cackle that came out of you when you saw it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a bit. <laughs> it was great. I was like, do you get it? And then it popped up on the side and I was like, yeah, our boy. Me. Because you it. and I have, of our entire fire team, we have the worst RNG when it comes to exotic drops. So yeah. Like, yeah. Still have yet to get eyes of finally tomorrow. got yours. Eyes of tomorrow, uh, thousand voices. Um, Mythoclass, a Touch of Malice. Touch of Malice. None of those. Yeah, I've... It's annoying. Touch of Malice, and I've got Eyes and Mytho, so I just need those other ones as well. Soon, maybe. And just... I had the shittiest luck in the, the Sunsetted raids as well. I just... Yeah, I, th- I think never dropped I think those. the difference with those is like we were running them so often that everybody just eventually got them. Um, and now you're now it's to the point where you can get them through spoils of conquest. Yeah, but so. it was just like everyone had them, and then they got sunsetted, and I was like, "Well, I guess none for Mackie, mm, none bit. for me." Yes, I'll just go fuck myself then. <laughs> um, any other thoughts or things that I've missed from the raid? Mm. No, me being pigeon brained, I was just like, "Hey." Um, they're pretty. It is pretty. It's shiny and pretty. I like the room with the planets. Yes. It is pretty cool. I loved how vibrant that room was too. Like yeah. the way the colors played the whole thing off each other. super colorful. Actually, the planet room is in a color, similar color scheme to my room. <laughs> Oopy. Oh, well. Just get, get some planets hung off the ceiling. Probably why I liked the color scheme. Maybe. You can get light up planet sets. I could... 
now that I don't work from home anymore, I can probably get rid of that monitor and just have a line of those light up planets. Oh, yeah. <gasps> oh, one of those little mobiles. The, where yeah, they, where they spin yeah. around each other. Yes. Yeah. You should do that. That'd be sick. I love space. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, in that case, I think we're done. I think yeah. that's a wrap on this here episode of Erico Blueberry. Um, let's see. I want to say we'll be back next week because I'm now at a point where I don't have like a bunch of busy weekends back to back to back. Um, and that's what's kind of been getting me the last few weeks. Um, but then again, I'm good. We've got lives to live. I got, I'm good till April. Sick. I mean, end of April. I was going to say, that's when, I was going to say, April's only like two weeks away, but end of April. Like end of April. Yeah. That's when for me, gig season starts. True. True, true, true. Thursday, Fridays, Saturdays for most of May are live shows. Yeah. Actually, that, that said, next Friday is not fest down here in Melbourne. Um, so I'm going to go see Slipknot for the first time. That's going to be sick. It's so good. I mean, I'm going to see Spirit it's Box so for the first time too, but like, I feel like Spirit Box is a band that I'll get multiple opportunities to see. Slipknot, not so much. I think if you get a chance, if they don't conflict with anyone, uh, definitely check out Bad Omens just because the vocalist is, like, his voice live is also mm. very good. If you're yeah. not super, I think even I, if you're not super into their, if you're not super into their music, I th- definitely recommend if you ever get a chance to see Bad Omens and it's not going to be too expensive that you do because the showmanship and the mm. talent is, like, there. Yeah, very cool. Even if you don't like them, you can't deny they don't put on a good show. Mm, okay, I appreciate that. One of those kinds of bands. It was like when I saw Devin Townsend because I went to see Periphery who opened for him. Uh, I was like, hey man, like I don't listen to that much Devin Townsend, but that man puts on a fucking show and a half. Well, it's me. I never really listened to North Lane or Thornhill, but they've opened for bands that I like, like yeah. ar- Architects and shit. So I was like, oh, I actually really like these bands. Yeah. They've shown up in my discovers and I've just never really paid attention. Yeah. Music is great. Music is great. I love destiny and I love music. Yes. Uh, and on that note, we're gonna we're gonna get up on out of here. I might uh, go and get a snack and then play some more destiny. Um, oh, got pinnacles to get. um but yeah, we'll see you next time. Um remember to tell a friend about the Erico Blueberry. Um, tell them about Destiny too. It's a hell of a game. Um, yeah, that'll do. That'll do, pig. That'll do. Mm. Bye. Farewell. Farewell, sweet guardian. <laughs> Farewell, sweet pig. <laughs> <laughs>